you're talking to the microphone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't look at me. I can look at you. What if I you go this way? Can oh, you yeah. hear me now? Yeah, we can do that. Ready? See? No, but... Oh. There you go. Right. Do you, does that feel more natural? Do I want to look at you during this conversation? Oh, mate, I look like an absolute god. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Mate, I, I have the face of a god and the body of an angel. I think you mean the other way around. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. I look good. Angels aren't necessarily fit. <laughs> aren't they supposed to be chubby little cheruby baby things? You mean like what I used to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's, let's start this. All right, uh, so uh, it is myself, Seb, here again. Um, and this time I've got um, Emma, who um, in our last podcast we had Dan. And uh, Emma is Dan's sister. I've also known her for about... 15 years? 15 years. Yep. She likes to drink my Coke all the time. <laughs> Still not over that. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of cans of Coke there and I didn't get to drink <laughs> very many of them. It's your own fault. <laughs> anyway, so uh, on the last one, we uh, we spoke, uh, Dan and I spoke about uh, what it was like for us uh, getting into the entertainment industry and um, Emma um, is, is like a little yap dog. She's always following us around. She decided she wanted to try and get into the events industry but she took a slightly different path she went and um did a degree at university one of those things that you guys all love huh yeah university <laughs> degrees yeah ones that we don't have <laughs> but um uh i think um i don't really want to talk about that um uh, because what i want to talk about is your um last few years you've been uh, living overseas i have been in dubai yes. um working as a air what do, what do you call yourselves over there uh they call it cabin crew is I guess the technical term. So host is not the... Well, you know, I think people get offended when you say flight attendant, stewardess, hostess. Everyone wants to be politically correct on board. So no one really knows what to call us. But at the end of the day, we're still serving tea and coffee in the sky. Wench, bring me my coffee. No, that is not it. That that would be offensive. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) That's probably why I haven't tried it in real life. (laughs) So, yeah, good choice. Yeah, right. So, because um, I remember I remember you moved to Brisbane after you finished in Townsville. I did. And, um, and then you were telling me that you were going overseas and I was like, you that's... You weren't very supportive. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not. I remember when I told you I got the job. Yeah. Uh, you said you're, lit, you're going to throw away your career as an events planner to go serve tea and coffee in the sky. Be uh, a waitress in the sky, I think was your words. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it was more the fact that um, you'd spent four years up in Townsville and I think that whole time we'd seen each other like three times. About that. Yep. And then... Only when you came up as well. Yep. I didn't uh, yep. You never down. came to visit me. And then <laughs> you moved to Brisbane and still I was the one going up to see you. And then you were That's like, right. oh, I'm out of here. And I was like, well, this is bloody effed. So I don't think you can swear on these. Oh, things, that's can why you? I said "eft." Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can. I got to put the the mature warning on there. But uh, yeah, righto. So, um, what? Uh, why did you decide to go and do it, though? I think I'd been told for a long time that it was a job that I'd be very good at by a, a range of different people, and the opportunity came up. I applied for it. And then once I started looking into how hard it was to get into, it became more of the challenge to see if I could. Yeah, right. So you, you ditched me 
For a challenge. For a challenge. Nice. Perfect. Sounds amazing. Well, I didn't ditch you until I succeeded at my challenge. So yeah, yeah. it's a lengthy interview process. How long did you do it for? Just over four years. Four years. Yeah, well, right. Where are we? So. Yeah, cool. So um, what was uh, what was that experience like when you were going through through training and stuff like that? Obviously, you, you'd kind of you'd spent the last few years doing event planning and now you're essentially off to... Back to square one. Pretty much. Yeah. Starting at ground zero. As you say, you're the ones mopping the stage. Well, um, it was fantastic. I think just the excitement of being uh, involved in being able to uh, travel the world and being in such a big company was overwhelmingly exciting. And throughout the training, it was something, I mean, I was a waitress and a bartender before that. So I found that side of things extremely easy and I was eager to learn more um, in the first starts or parts of training, the first six weeks is all about safety, security, medical incidences, um, fighting fires, uh, doing pre-flight checks and what happens if we get hijacked and what happens if there's a bomb on board and all of that. All so of it. All of it. So you're, um, you, you're not really just uh, just like a... What do you call yourselves? Waitress in the sky. Yeah, that's the one. No. You're, you're, you're a firefighter. You're a police officer. You're a counter-terrorism officer. Apparently so. <laughs> so um, it's kind of how you deal with those situations when they're unfolding did, in the air. Did you have to deal with many stuff, like much stuff like that? Like, there were, I, mean, you, I mean, I know you've dealt with medical emergencies and stuff like that, but was there anything where you were at one point going like, wow, this just got real, really quick? I think we were pretty lucky on my flights because a lot of the times it's all up to communication. Obviously, medical emergencies are a bit different. Um, I've dealt with miscarriages on board and those got very – that one in particular got very real very quickly uh, yeah. just because of the emotions involved for the family that was going through that incident. So That's rough. I just tend to deal with smashed up faces and stuff where tweakers have – decided to do something stupid yeah there you go yeah <laughs> no we thankfully didn't have too many bar fights or brawls on board yeah we had a few close calls um but again it's all about people management and yep. talking to people communicating and speaking them down yeah nice so if um you know dan and i spoke about you know some of the um the key pointers that um or, or things that we would offer up to people as advice when getting into um into our industry What's something that you would say to someone who is looking to become a, um, like a hostie? Well, I'd certainly say go for it. It's certainly a wonderful time, um, a wonderful job for a short time, not for a long time necessarily, um, in my opinion, but it depends kind of what you want out of it. And to get to be paid to travel the world is always fantastic. Uh, so go in with your head held high and there was, um, if you remember the step up events that we used to run, oh, that was a that was a very long time ago. That, <laughs> that was, was a long time ago. <laughs> so, there was well, let's 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 put it into context. So, th- these events here were that um, were called step up were motivational events for teens. Um, so, they used to get um, a lot of speakers in, and they had to have basically um, created something from nothing and faced great adversity, um, and that was the. The, the prerequisite for these um, speakers to come along as motivational speakers, and um, we did well, we did one in Brisbane where we went, 
And then we did that one and decided that we want to do one in Toowoomba. Ran the two in Toowoomba. And then we did two in Toowoomba. Um, and the message of those was all, if it's possible for them, then it's possible for me. It's just a matter of how. So. Yep. I still I still live by that today, actually. That one and um, my other favorite quote is, uh, if you... If you shoot for the stars, you'll at least land on the moon. No, if you shoot for the moon, you'll at least land in the stars. Same thing, but different. <laughs> same, same, but different. Right. Um, Wait, what so are you, one why of is those... he shaking his head at I me? Don't, I don't <laughs> We've got Dan in the room and Dan is the worst when it comes to quotes. He can't get them right ever. And the, the one time... The... I, think, I think you're right on that one. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think you're All right. right. You and me are still friends then. You're right. The stars are way further than the moon. Uh oh, we've we've confused the blonde. Yeah, I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, anyway, so yes, yeah, so we did these step but, up events. Yeah, so the step up events. So one of those um, messages that we got out of there was your 15 seconds of confidence, and it was a message about just putting on a brave face and for 15 seconds uh, having the confidence in yourself to just walk up, shake someone's hand and kind of be there um, and not be overwhelmed by the situation. So I took that on when I went for my interview, which included 300 other people. And I thought just 15 seconds of confidence when I go in and hand my resume in and have a chat to them. And um, that would be what I would say to anybody going for an interview, be confident, talk to everybody, pretend like you own the joint, that you've done this before because there was a lot of people at my interview day that had been for three or four years trying to get into Emirates and they said, oh, it's your first time, you definitely won't get in. They'll never take first timers. And from the 300 people that went, there was two of us that got hired. Wow, only two. Mm-hmm. And two. were you both first timers? We were both first timers. Oh, stop it, get out. There so. you go. That's awesome. And um, I mean, so you, you you mainly did international flights anyway, is that correct? We do all international flying yep. and the beauty of the company I worked for is that we weren't um, sort of labelled into you're a short haul, you're a long haul. We were able to have the freedom to go anywhere and swap onto any flights and put in requests for what we wanted our month to look like the next month. Whether that ever actually happened was a different story, <laughs> but yep. at least you felt like you had a say. Yeah, they, you're all, I mean, I remember, um, I think it was one of, the, one of the times that you flew into Brisbane and we, I went, came, once again, Seb goes up everywhere to go and find, <laughs> find Emma, came up and we went out uh, with a couple of your, your, your workmates and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I was told that you more than likely won't work with those guys on another flight. Ever again. Ever again. So there's 25,000 cabin crew and about 6,000 or 7,000 pilots. So one of the beauties of the job, but can be a downfall, is that you don't fly with the same people twice and you're usually meeting those people that you fly with for the first time two hours before takeoff. Right. So if they're if – they're Basically, if they're complete wankers, you're sweet. You don't need to deal with them. Yeah, you this. never get to deal with them again. <laughs> Perfect. And if you have a fantastic flight, then you also still don't get to yeah, fly with them again. It's like a heartbroken, soul-crushing yeah. moment. No. But it's interesting to watch it all unfold and, you know, a group of 26 cabin crew who have never met each other before jump on it an hour and a half before passengers uh, board the plane. We meet and we talk about the flights, uh, who's on the flight, if there's anyone that's a VIP or any special instructions um, or if we're doing service differently. If we do that for 
about 40 minutes and we hear from the pilots, we get to meet them. We jump on a bus and head to the aircraft and within an hour and a half, we're all smiling and talking like we've known each other for months and that's the crew that when you walk on board, you meet, they'll meet you at the door. They've only known each other for an hour. Yeah, so. right. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Like to to only work with someone once and then... Never again. Never again. Like, you know, the, the stuff that I do, I'll, I'll work with someone and I might not see them again for, you know, maybe 12, 18 months. But on the whole, you, we generally cross paths at some point. Um, that's just the nature of, of the business that, that I work in. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of cool. So when you uh, you, you mentioned before that uh, you talk about VIPs or, or um, like special requirements and stuff for a flight, like what would – what would have been one of the, the standout moments for for a flight with like VIPs or, you know, or special requirements that, or conditions for a flight? Or, you know, what was the standout? You know, I didn't get too many. I wasn't one of the lucky ones. So I know a lot of friends have had Kim Kardashian or they've had... Um, you know, I, I love Casey Neistat and I'm really gutted. Wasn't on his flight either. <sighs> I know. The only person I knew, well, I didn't even know him um, at the time was a gentleman called, you might, I don't know if you'll know him either, called Ronaldo, uh, who was a football player. You Cristiano, Cristiano No, Ronaldo. not that Ronaldo, the Brazilian older Ronaldo. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan big of... Big football star. So I was speaking to him in first class. I had gone up... Um, for whatever reason, I was in first class and I was speaking to the gentleman, just thinking, here's a passenger. I'll have a lovely chat to him. Um, I was think I was trying to get something out of a cupboard and I was about waist deep in and I still had a long way to go. And he made a joke about how short I was. So I spoke to him for a while and it wasn't until I walked back into business class that one of the uh, business class crew members pulled me aside and said, what did you say? What did, what did you talk about? Who? Gentleman, Christian, and I, oh no, Ronaldo, uh, whatever his name was, and I said, "Oh, I've, we talked about how short I was and how he was doing, and why <laughs> do you know him?" I said, "You don't. He is a famous football player, the original Ronaldo." The original, uh, mate. That's um, I run into that situation quite a lot with some of the work that I do. Like, you, um, I've I've run into you know, past, I've been in corridors and walked past artists and not not even known who they are. And then, um, you know, having a bit of a chat to them. Not that, you know, it's, it's usually a fairly short chat because there's always stuff to, to be done. But um, they're like, oh, you, you know, do you know who that was? Like, no idea. No don't, idea. Don't, exactly. You know, and um, I, I think um, I think that's kind of refreshing for them sometimes. And it's also I don't really care who they are either, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't have made my day yeah. any different, to yeah. be honest. You're just like, oh, yeah, so you make money playing football. Tops, mate. Yeah. I make my money. Being short I did have plane. the Arsenal team one time on board. The whole Arsenal team? Well, I don't know if it's the Arsenal team or like the PR people of the Arsenal team because they were all very good looking. Right, The beauty. Right. And they had their girlfriends or wives with them, the which wags. is fine. But whew, all of them, beautiful girlfriends, beautiful Ben, all of them. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, kind of exciting. The blokes in the entertainment industry aren't terribly attractive looking lads. <laughs> so kind of you don't get that. No, nah, leisure. I basically hang out with dudes all the time. Well, there you go. Just, just give me that look of like, well, that's what you're into. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, cool. Um, 
nice. So where where's one of the the coolest destinations? Because like I mean, you know, we've been friends for a while, and I've obviously got you on all the socials, and you're very good at not responding um, to messages. Um, I'm just always busy. Yep, just like just like your older brother Dan. Um, just never, never replies to any messages. Uh, so I often see about um, your, your adventures on social media and all that sort of stuff. But where's the where's the coolest place you've ever been? Like, without a doubt, number one. And you know, would you go back and visit it again, or is it it's done and dusted, and you want to keep it like that? See, I'm a done and dusted kind of person, so I like to get a country and tick it off and see how many I can go for. Right. Um, trying to reach my next one is country seventy. So 70. I want that one to be a good one, but I don't know where that's going to be. How many countries have you been to? Oh, uh, 70. Just 70. Just 70. But there's 190 countries in the world or something like 196 or something. I've only been to 70 of them. Only been to 70. So uh, anyway, but one of, the, halfway, mate. one of my favorites was definitely Reunion Island, which is a very small oh, island. That's all, yeah, just out near France and they've got a big shark problem, don't they? Like where people get it's eaten by It's not near France at all, but it is French owned. Uh, that's French what I'm, run. Yeah, yeah, see? And it's near Mauritius. Yeah. And Madagascar. And the sharks that's eat that. everybody. And the sharks eat everybody. But it has an active volcano, uh, which we hiked down and into, we're standing very close to, um, even though we had to jump a few locked fences and go under a few <laughs> uh, do not enter signs. Oh. But our saving grace was that we didn't speak French, so we didn't know what... Ferme eruption meant. I feel like pre- ple- pleading, pleading ignorance <laughs> to the fact there's a gate that is crossing the path. Uh, that you know, doesn't really count. That, well, we did what we could. But we didn't get caught and we got very, very close to an active volcano. And the smell of sulfur was incredibly overpowering. Yep. And we decided we would hike up and just see if we could get even closer. And it got to the point where our feet started to get warm our shoes started to get a little melty. And so... That's fantastic. <laughs> we turned around and ran back. At what point do you decide that you've pushed the boundaries too far? When your shoes start to melt. There you go. It's uh, <laughs> not a good idea. But anyway, three days later, we went on a helicopter ride and it turns out just over the lip of where we were standing, there was a lava flow. So we were very lucky we didn't Holy keep dilly. going. You are just like, I almost died. We almost died. We were very close to it. That's amazing. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, and they also have, so they had lava caves. So the lava creates caves under oh, the, yep, 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 the yep, ground. Yep, yep, yep. So we got to climb into those. Um, obviously with no protective gear on, we saw a whole bunch of people coming out from a tour with all their hard hats on and their um, elbow and knee pads. And we thought, well, we've got a beer in hand. Why don't we just go in where they came out and see what happens? Right. But it turns out there's actually a lot of different ways you can go and lots of tunnels. So we had to stop before we got far too lost. Um, so that was quite fun and they have some beautiful diving over there, some gorgeous yep. green hills, mountains, waterfalls. So that's, that's something too that, um, I was having a chat to Dan about because obviously you guys have both got your, um, your diving certification. Yes. I need to go and get mine done. You do. We should, um, where, where. Great Barrier Reef. Although the only thing is it's, yeah, Nigaloo National Park actually, Daniel's saying, whereas the, um. Whale sharks are. That would be pretty cool as well. Perfect. So um, do that next Wednesday. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. pretty free yeah. actually. Yeah. Look, I'm not. I've actually got to go back. We've got gigs on. You know. Like, I you know actually have a job interview as well. So <laughs> maybe the following Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. Uh, no, good stuff. But no, you should get your di- diving certification. I'll do that. It's I'll a put different that on world there. under there. Mate, there's so many things I need to do. 
got to catch up to the rest of us. Yeah, look, unfortunately, I just haven't lived the the, the gypsy lifestyle like no. the rest of you. You've got a few more countries to put under your belt as well. Yeah, well, I did London in 24 hours. That was fun. <laughs> People go, oh, have you ever been to Have you ever been to London? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when did you go? Oh, ages ago. How long were you there for? 24 hours. But see, that's the way we used to live our lives as flight attendants because we would go somewhere for 24 hours, which is... Pretty much the most or the maximum we would go. Yeah. Well, 24 I, hours. when I was there, I, I didn't sleep. Like I literally just got on the tube. I was like, oh, yep, there's the, there's Parliament House. There's the, this, there's that. Oh, that's where they, you know, have the Wimbledon tennis. Great. And I, like, you just keep going. I just literally just went. That was literally my first year of flying was like that. Yeah. You would, wouldn't have slept before the flight because it took off at two in the morning. You would arrive there at eight in the morning. You couldn't go to sleep then. So you'd get up and you'd go and you would just keep going. Yep. And then, you know, everyone would wake up because they've all been there for a few years. So they would go and have a nap and then everyone else would wake up for dinner and you'd get with the crew and go and do dinner and drinks and then you just wouldn't sleep. Yep, mate. There's, you can sleep when you're dead. That was how we lived our lives. D-E-D, dead. You started to feel dead after a while. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> like the that's walking what happens, dead. Yeah, yeah. You just turn into a zombie. I made the walking dead look good a few times. Um, was that a... Was that a like a remark about how good you look? Because no, it was you shouldn't like how terrible people. I looked after a flight. Oh. Scare the children. Does, does, do you look the same now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so oh, I've got a few extra it. hours rest on me. Don't worry. Ah, fantastic, awesome. So um, I think that's about all. I, the, you've pretty You've asked much, all your questions. Yeah, I'll I'll more than likely come up with more shortly. But um, yeah, I think that's about it. So you recommend it then, obviously, for, for people who are... I'd say it's a fantastic experience to learn cultural differences and yep. be immersed in different countries and their way they live life and their food and just for an understanding of uh, and patience of other people in the world. Yeah. Certainly helps. Fantastic. Righto. Well, that's it. I'm out of here. See you later. <laughs> Off to the beach. Bye-bye now. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's go to the beach. Let's do it. Yeah. Dan, we're going to the beach. Let's go.